Hey y'all, welcome to the I Am Cannabis Sativa podcast. I am your host, Cannabis Sativa. If you're currently a medical marijuana patient and would like to tell your story and be featured on the podcast, feel free to email me at IamCannabisSativa at gmail.com. Hello guys, hope you guys are all doing pretty well. Um, today is a very special day. Um, it's about one year that we started this project, um, or that I started it. Um, we, I started this, um, August 3rd, um, 2018, and I had a number of things in mind when I did this. Um, I wanted to sort of take my advocacy to the next level, and I felt that just sort of ranting on Twitter and, you know, rang to my lawmakers wasn't going to hasten the, 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 the acceleration of, of, of repealing these oppressive cannabis laws, even, even in states like mine that have adult use and medical, you know, it's not just enough that it is legal. It's, it has to be accessible for anyone who wants to use this as a medicine or anyone who feels that they can get anything positive out of using cannabis. And I don't feel that our lawmakers nearly have done enough. Um, I'm, I'm just very, very humbled that um, we've done so many episodes in just the span of one year. We've done 270, 280 something episodes with 20 or so episodes or 30 or so episodes exclusively for Patreons, to my knowledge. But um, it's it's just amazing how much we've we've gotten done in one year, and I'm just very humbled that you know that people like what we're doing. We've gotten I've gotten seventeen thousand downloads off this podcast over just one year of doing this. So it's just it, it just means the world to me that so many people think that what I'm doing helps them, and they're carrying it over to their states, and they're trying to see what they can learn to get medical marijuana or adult use legal in their neck of the woods. So um, I'm just going to recap, like, why I started this podcast. I'm just going to go over, like, my journey, you know, my my problems with insomnia. I'll just sort of recap that again like we did in the first episode. And I'll just sort of share what I've been doing again. Um, And then I'm going to end this episode with... um, I got featured in a um, article in a uh, um, local newspaper about my experiences with the adult use system and the medical system and how adult use stores that are both co-located with adult use and medical marijuana, they've been running out of stock and they've been screwing over patients. So I got I got featured in the, in in local press. So I'm going to read that article as well, too, after we recap. Okay, so in case you don't know, I'm, I'm 29 years old. I'm going on 30 pretty soon. I've been using cannabis on and off since I turned 19. My journey into cannabis initially sort of began while I was in college. and was using for, you know, just for funsies with my circles. And then when I graduated, I sort of abstained for quite a bit, you know, just to make myself employable and to boost my professional prospects in the, in, in the job market due to cannabis's stigma. So 
for so when I graduated for a number of years since I graduated, I I ceased using for the most part, and um, and and in those years that I wasn't using, I was using a number of pharmaceuticals that to help treat the insomnia I had, and those pharmaceuticals weren't really doing much. Um, So I, I contracted pretty debilitating insomnia and we worked, I worked with my doctors for several years to treat it. I worked with several doctors. I tried drugs such as Seroquel, Ambien, Lanesta, Benadryl, Trazodone, Clodipin, sleep aids, you know, even the occasional Mike's Hard Lemonade. I would, I would use that to fall asleep sometimes. And um, nothing was working. I was running out of ideas pretty quickly. And, and when 2016 hit, after going through my illness for four years, after being sick and tired, I decided to try cannabis again. And um, I, I sort of got it through like a roommate sort of street dealer or whatever. And, you know, that, you know, vaping it to a certain degree was helping me. And, um, but once, once I realized that cannabis is sort of be a catalyst for, for helping to cure this, the insomnia I was getting, I wanted to make sure that I had a supply of it, or I had reliable strains that I can count on that would do the job every single time. So, you know, a, a couple months to a year later in 2017, I decided to get my medical marijuana card in Massachusetts. And so I underwent that process. And it wasn't an easy process to take. You know, um, as you all know, when you get your card in a lot of states, if not most of them, you jeopardize your ability to own a firearm. And I didn't really, it, was, it wasn't a very easy decision to come to, but when you've been suffering with pain for as many years as I've been suffering with pain, you'd do anything possible to get rid of it. So I ended up getting my card as of 2017. And, um, and it was part, it was largely because I wanted, I wanted a reliable source. I wanted, I, I didn't want, when I was going, when I was getting it through a street pharmacist or a street dealer, you never really knew what strain you were being sold. And even when I asked, I would never really get a straight answer. And when you have insomnia, when you have anxiety, or you have any medical condition, you know, if you were to go to a doctor and you were to ask what's in your pharmaceuticals or what the side effects are, if they can't tell you off the bat, then A, you need a new doctor, and B, you need to consider your options because, I mean, what, what are they giving you otherwise? What do you, what, and even if it's working, you don't know why it is working if you can't get the exacts with the, in terms of details, what, what strain you're getting, you know, what, 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 what terpenes does it have? All that. You're, you, you don't know that if you're just getting from a street dealer who just, who just grows whatever seeds she or he gets. You know, with a caregiver, it's a bit different, you know, because they're they're used to caring for patients and they're used to constantly growing certain strains to treat certain medical diseases. So you have sort of that same, you, you sort of have the best of both worlds where it's with a caregiver, 
who who grows for patients and multiple patients at that they they're they can grow a specific supply of cannabis that will treat certain conditions that they usually do for their patients and you know you you they always they usually know what they're growing you you can usually tell them i mean mines is able to give me an answer but when you're just going to from a to a from a traditional street pharmacist you can't really guarantee that that's ever going to really be the case you know but um but when i when i when i stepped into the dispensary when i first got my cart i was very very open to trying the non-smokable forms you know i tried the tinctures i tried the pills and they didn't really like they would work but they would the price i'd have to pay because we have vertical integration we only have about 50 dispensaries statewide the price for for a non-smokable option or for vape cards it's, it's it's not practical for me you know i wouldn't i would need to spend upwards of 250 to 300 a month on vape cards if i were to go that route you know edibles are very ex expensive in this state they still are one year after doing this first episode you know, flour is still fifteen a gram, and um, and half half gram carts are still fifty, still forty, fifty, sixty dollars. You know, so the discrete forms are, are aren't really affordable and are kind of a non-starter until a lot of things change. So, I mean, I would say smokable is still the way that I go. Is still the way that I, I, I. I so what I do, I, I, I smoke, or um, what I'll do is I'll use AVB, already even been vape bud. I'll put that on, on maybe firecrackers and some peanut butter and graham cracker or, or coconut oil, some thick coconut oil and graham cracker, and then just eat it. And, you know, that, that'd be pretty, it'd be pretty potent and would last me many hours. Um, I would still say that smoke, smokable is what I turn to until sort of the prices change in this neck of the woods. And, um, yeah, um, so here's, here's the article. Um, okay. So it's from mass live medical marijuana patients in Massachusetts say the product variety dwindling as stores begin selling to recreational customers. Written by Shira Sh Sh Schulzenberg. And um, I'm, I'm featured in the first paragraph. So I'm going to read the whole first paragraph. The whole first couple paragraphs. And it's me that's being featured. So Dan Scotland lives in northeastern Massachusetts. And uses medical marijuana to treat insomnia, anxiety, and sleep issues. He used to go to... He used to regularly go to Patriot Care in Lowell. But then the medical dispensary began selling to the recreational market. When they went adult use, their stock pretty much dwindled, said Scotland, who also runs a podcast about marijuana. A lot of products have been funneled to the adult use side. Since the dispensary opened up for recreational sales, Scotland said, every time I checked their menu before going, they didn't have anything I needed. Scotland's complaint is not unique. As medical marijuana dispensaries 
have begun selling to newly legal to the newly legal recreational market. Medical marijuana patients say that they have had mixed experiences buying marijuana at dispensaries that used to sell to both markets. While some dispensaries have maintained adequate inventory, many patients say they have fewer choices for medical marijuana than they used to. While patients can buy off the recreational menu, they must pay taxes and, and their purchases are not recorded in their medical records. Some dispensaries have similar menus from, from the medical and the adult use side, said Nicole Snow, Executive Director of Massachusetts Patient Advocacy Alliance. Other dispensaries seem to have a problem with managing the patient supply safe, safety net and their way of going about it is exploiting a vulnerable population. Mary Alex Alice Miller, chief officer of Patriot Care's parent company, Columbia Care, said that the dispensary, which opened for recreational sales in March, is still working to understand the demand for products in the recreational and medical markets. Using these data, we can properly allocate supply from our vertically integrated cultivation and manufacturing facility to our medical patients to be sure that we are meeting their unmet needs, she said in a statement. The dispensary sells its own products on the medical market and buys wholesale to supplement its recreational supply. Regulations written into the Cannabis Control Commission require medical marijuana dispensaries that open for recreational sales to set aside 35% of their inventory for medical patients for the first six months. After that, the amount they must set aside is based on their sales from the previous six months. The regulated market is much bigger than the medical market, or the retail, I should say, is much better than it's much bigger than the medical market dispensaries and dispensaries can potentially charge more for recreational products L lower sales of medical products meanwhile means lower inventory requirements so if dispensaries can divert customers to the recreational side that that could limit the supply they have to set aside for medical patients state law requires that reserve supply reflect the actual types actual types and strains of marijuana purchased by patients in the past six months or that dispensaries offer a reasonable substitution which which i haven't been offered in since these stores have, have gone illegal you know like i like i like like i was quoted in like the first couple paragraphs like patriot care i would go there they would have these sort of they would have flash sales so what they would do is like like if you check their weed maps on Tuesday or Thursday or heck, even if you just pop in on like a Tuesday or a Thursday, they would have these flash sales where they would be selling eights for about $30. And that $30 includes my financial hardship discount. So they would mark down the strains to like about $35. I would get 10, I'd get another 10% off and I, I'd be paying less than 30 something per, per eighth sometimes. And those sales would really, really come in handy because they, they help me afford medicine. You know, usually the stra usually the strains would be fifty dollars per eighth standard there in 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 um in in Patriot Care, but when they would have those sales, when they would have those flash sales where they would have the eighths as low as thirty thirty dollars, it it was really a boon to me. It was really really helpful. But then when they went adult use, those sales stopped. 
and there's and their supply like i had said had, had had gone to nothing pretty much like i'd be looking for just any sort of indica like I, there was one week i wanted to go and get some keef to supplement the flower i already had and since patriot care is the nearest one and is that has keef my the, the other one in my county doesn't have keef so like i i had nowhere to go i would have to drive way into the city of boston to get what i needed that just isn't acceptable and what planet would it be acceptable to make someone go go to a, a cvs 30 miles away because their city doesn't have it like there's just so much wrong with how it's regulated right now it does not require that the medical supply be comparable to the recreational supply, nor does it require a dispensary to transfer specific products from recreation from the recreational market to the medical market. The Cannabis Control Commission says that it investigates every patient complaint and conducts inspections of the facilities to make sure that they adhere to state laws. Dispensary owners say they're con continuing to prioritize patient needs, which I don't really believe. Fancy Wade, a spokesperson for Cultivate in, in, in Leicester, Massachusetts, said that the dispensary has mirrored inventory policy where whatever is on the adult use menu is also available to medical patients. Quote, we do not have products exclusively for recreational customers, Wade said. We do, however, have some products that are exclusively for medical patients that are more suited to a medical patient's needs. According to Cultivate's official policy, if a medical patient requests that something is not on the medical menu, staff can transfer that product to the medical system and the patient would not have to wait in line or pay tax. However, Jeremiah McKinnon said that he bought an item from Cultivate off the recreational menu using his medical card and the purchase did not show up on his electronic patient record. He says that the dispensary discounted a recreational product and listed it as a recreational sale rather than just moving it to the medical system. Trevor, a medical marijuana patient from Florence who said that his last name may not be used, said he checked with Cultivate's menu and saw saw many more strains listed on the recreational menu than on the medical menu. He emailed Cultivate to find out whether he could buy from, recre from the recreational menu, and they told him he would have to pay the tax. Several complaints are widespread among dispensaries. McKinnon said that Sanctuary Medical Medicinals and Gardner he found six concentrates that were on the recreational menu and one on the medical menu. He was told to buy from the recreational menu and he would have to wait in the recreational line and pay tax. Frank Shaw of Ips Ips Ipswich said that he went to Patriot Care in Lowell. It was offering three flower options with CBD on the recreational menu and one on the medical menu. When he went to Temesco Wellness in Hudson, he said he was told that they had run out of a strain on the medical side, even though it was available on the recreational side. Isn't this what the patient supply prevention was supposed to prevent against, Shaw said. 
A reporter recently called Cultivate Patriot Care in Lowell and Sanctuary, Sanctuary Medicinals and asked if someone with a medical card could buy from the recreational menu. The person answering the phone the phone at each dispensary said a patient buying from the recreational menu would have to pay tax. Quote, and, and this is contrary to the policy written on Cultivate's menu, which says that a medical patient can purchase anything from the recreational menu with a 10-minute wait to allow for the product to be transferred from one system to the other. Joshua Weaver, chief financial officer of Sanctuary Medicinals, said that the dispensary is committed to providing our medical patients with the most diverse menu of product at all times, Weaver said, although it is rare it is impossible it is possible for lab results to be delayed and and that can lead to delays in restocking products anthony Corsetti of wakefield needs different strains of marijuana to at different times of the day to regulate it's a, his adhd he's he's had more trouble finding the specific strains he has he wants since the recreational market has opened up when he asked for one brand of sativa that alternative therapies group in Salem, he was told it was only available on the recreational side. They have an abundance and we have none, he said. It's supposed to be the other way around. Mike Crawford, a medical marijuana patient and legalization activist, said he's heard from numerous patients that there are not enough products available or that stores are sold out of a product in the rec in the medical market. Between the lack of products and the price, which is higher than buying on the street, Crawford said he's gone back to buying marijuana unregulated and from friends. And so have I for the most part. Um shout out to Mike. Um he love his podcasts. Um he he, he shouts me out. He retweet he's 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 shouted me out and he's retweeted me whenever possible and I retweet him at whatever possible. Um he he does a good podcast over at the Young Jerks. So if you haven't checked it out already, I would encourage all of you to. So I'm going to put a list to some of the best episodes that we did throughout this year and um yeah, I mean, I hope you guys got a lot out of this year anniversary episode. If you find yourself coming around often to my podcast and want to support and expand our humble little project, there are a few ways you can support us. We plan on doing big and humble little things with our projects, such as getting to trade shows, visiting other MMJ and recreational states, and doing on-field work. Supporting us helps us keep the lights on, pay rent, pay for hosting, and equipment, and travel. And you can do this by going to www.anchor.fm slash Podcast slash support. You can also support me now on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Podcast. You can support the podcast for as little as $1 a month. We also have $5 and $10 tiers if you're feeling extra generous and those come with their own benefits too. And, um, if you subscribe to the, the 10 and above tier, you, you get some personal time if you're over 21 with Mr. Sativa. So, uh, you know, you can chat with me on discord, you know, we can have 15 minute one-on-one -on -one time. So you get, you get exclusive episodes, you get early releases when you join these tiers. 
And you can also subscribe and find our podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Anchor FM, Overcast, Radio Republic, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Follow us on socials at um on, on Twitter, for example, at IC Sativa Podcast and on Instagram at I am Cannabis Sativa. And as always, stay medicated, my friends. Peace.